0: So welcome to because you know dragons, I'm Micah. And I'm Joe. And this week we're talking about the granddaddy or just daddy of of all, of all wow. dragons, Smaug. Um, if you're not familiar with Smaug, he is the biggest antagonizing force in the hobbit and And if
1: you don't know what the hobbit is that's the prequel to the lord of the rings
0: well it's not really a prequel because it was written first so
1: and if you don't know what the lord of the rings is you're you're probably listening to the wrong podcast
0: (laughs) glad you're louder than me um so without further ado let's kind of get into the back round of what The Hobbit is and who J.R.R. Tolkien is, Um let you take, take the reins on Tolkien, because I think you know more about him than I do.
1: So, Tolkien was a professor at Oxford. He's uh, known kind of as an expert on Beowulf. You can see some of that inspiration in The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings.
0: And he um, actually did his own, like, translation of Beowulf. Like, I know it's, like, a it's a very big piece of English literature, but it's in Old English, and so that doesn't sound the same as regular English. So he trans- was one of the biggest translators of it.
1: Yeah, he found Beowulf extremely interesting, and you see that come into his works. Um, greatest known of these is obviously The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings se- series. Um, but outside of that, he was actually, um, friends with C.S. Lewis. They had ongoing dialogues about various things in the, their friend group at Oxford. Tolkien was a hardcore Catholic, and C.S. Lewis was an Anglican, and
0: they had they, went, a little, they had a little writing club called the Inklings, and it's such a cute name.
1: Lots of back and forth banter between the <laughs> two of them. To say the least, but Tolkien, uh, as we said, he was a Catholic, and you can see a lot of the inspiration from his faith kind of come into his writing, and we'll definitely see that in Smaug and what Smaug is and how it he plays into the plot of uh, the Hobbit.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can C. S. Lewis doesn't have any dragons in his work, that's why we're not gonna. Well, does he? i don't know i don't, I
1: don't read it's been books. a while since
0: i've read those so i'll have to somebody please correct me if i'm wrong about that because i would love to reread those um but there's definitely like christian themes in his book and to, but Tolkien's you have to kind of dig a little more to find them aslan like,
1: the lion like, c.s
0: lewis is like as like joe just brought up aslan aslan is jesus and it's it's real easy to see that, but like with Tolkien's work, you have to think about it a little more.
1: He hide like Micah said, he hides it a lot better. It's it's way more subtle than, hey, look, this is Jesus Lion.
0: Yeah. So. Um, Action
1: figures sold separately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so The Hobbit was was it his first work or one? It, it was the first in The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings series. Um, He released it in 1937.
1: Yeah, but he was all writing, already writing The yeah. Lord of the Rings. Um, The Hobbit was kind of a side project before, and he only, after publishing it, totally decided that it would fall into his Lord of the Rings series. Yeah,
0: and, and it, it's, much, series. it's much shorter of a book than any of the individual Lord of the Rings books, so, <laughs> I mean, it's... And and it's much more of a light-hearted, whimsical book. Like, the Lord of the Rings, you get to parts, and it's just like... I, I've never actually finished reading any of the Lord of the Rings books because there's parts that it's so... It's dense. Dull, and it's, it's very hard to read. I'm definitely someday going to go back and read them, but The Hobbit is... It's been marked as a children's book. So... It's much easier to read, much more lighthearted. So if you haven't read it, it's... Stop this podcast now, because we're about to spoil it, bitches.
1: It's a hundred-year-old book, and they made 18 movies about it, or that's what it feels like.
0: So many. Um, if you listen to our, um, Defining Dragons episode, I I said this was one of my first, like, longer, not, like, picture books that I read, um... And I brought up the wonderful, wonderful Rankin and Bass Hobbit movie, um, which again you should, if you if you can find it, you should definitely watch it. It's it's a classic.
1: <laughs> Little known fact, Micah said this was her first non-picture book. She only started reading it last week.
0: And Joe is a giant swinging cock. Um, now I think I read it. I was in first or second grade when I first read it. Like, my, da- my dad started off reading it to me, and then I didn't want to wait for him to continue to read it, so I just read it myself. Um, so, it was one of my first books. Um, so, let's go into the plot about it a little bit. It starts, Bilbo's just, like, sitting on his porch, smoking a pipe, smoking a giant, whatever.
1: Well, tell him who Bilbo is. Oh, Bilbo
0: is a hobbit. He is the hobbit. Um, The? The. um, There's a lot of hobbits in Bag End. Not Bag End. The Shire. Bag End is where Bilbo lives. Um, It's a lot of rambling. You don't need to know that. You'll read the book. You'll find that out. He's sitting there. Gandalf says, is this wizard? He's good friends with Bilbo. And he says, hey, got an adventure. And Bilbo's like, whoa, no. And so, Gandalf leaves, or Bilbo shuts him out, Gam- Gandalf puts this little sign on Bilbo's door without him knowing, and then the next day, all these dwarves show up, and they're talking about, this dragon that stole our gold, stole our mountain, we're gonna go get him, and you're gonna be our thief. And Bilbo's like, yeah, sure, yeah, right. Goes to sleep, and wakes up, the dwarves are gone, and Gandalf comes and is like, hey, what do you do when the dwarves are waiting for you? You gotta get going. And so Bilbo just, like, runs off without even thinking about it. And so they start this, this starts this, like, complete transformation of Bilbo. Bilbo doesn't know it yet, but by the end of the story, he's this almost, like, completely different person. And they go through all these different trials, There's the misty mountains that they have to go over, and they face goblins, and then face some wolves. And that's one of the, Kind of a cool part. I mean, it, it's very. When you visualize it, they're all sitting up in trees, and Gandalf is throwing, like, flaming pine cones at these wolves. It's, it's a funny mental image to think about. Um,
1: it's an acid trip.
0: It is. It, oh, man. Can you imagine reading this book, like, on acid?
1: Well, oh. I can't, but if I could. <laughs>
0: So, Kids don't do drugs. Somebody, if you are a drug user, read don't this and then tell us about it then while then you're high. And then quit using drugs. And then quit, go, go see a doctor or a rehab professional. Is that what they're called? Sure. Crack is whack. Drugs are hugs. Barbara Bush. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so they face the wolves and they come out of the wolves. They go through the the... What's the forest called? It's called, is that Murkwood? Yeah. They go through Murkwood. Um, they piss off some spiders. They piss off some elves. Oh, they pissed off the goblins and the wolves both. Um, they get out of the, they, after they're done pissing off the elves, they piss off some humans. They didn't piss them off too much, but they They piss off a dragon that the humans kill Which then pisses off the humans, because the humans, like, lived much closer to the mountain, and they kind of had a very good trade agreement with the dwarves. Um, The dwarves would give them gold, the humans would give them, like, food and stuff, until the dragon came. And...
1: So that's the whole reason for this story. Yeah, Is that the dwarves long ago lived on this mountain and they amassed a large fortune. Smaug had heard about the fortune, came, killed, ate, scared Mm -hmm. away all the dwarves. So the dwarves are basically a people without a home, Mm -hmm. or this particular group of dwarves. And that's why the the company sets out to go liberate the mountain from the dragon. They want
0: to go reclaim their gold and reclaim their home. Um... And like I said, they, they piss off all of these different groups of people and creatures along the way. And so after they, the dragon finally dies, there's the Battle of the Five Armies. And so you have all of these people coming together at the Lonely Mountain to come take what they think is theirs.
1: Like, yeah, it's, it's basically like when you go to Walmart, you're shopping through the whole store, you piss off everybody. But at the end of the time, like, you check out in the same exact aisle as them.
0: It's like Black Friday. It's like Black Friday when they have TVs for a hundred dollars, and everybody wants that TV, but only like five people can get the TV, so the somebody has to die. So a um, couple people die. I'm not gonna tell you who, cause then it spoils things and it makes it sad. I'm still sad about.
1: Hashtag. Gandalf is dead.
0: Hashtag no Joe's a liar.
1: Hashtag the Hobbit didn't really happen.
0: Hashtag it's a fiction book. Okay. Um, so that's basically in much fewer words than what's actually in the Hobbit, what the Hobbit is. Um, and along the journey, Bilbo finds this magic ring, which is then what causes the Lord of the Rings, but. Spoilers. Spoil- spoilers. I mean, it's not that big of a spoiler. It happens like less than halfway through the book.
1: Let's get down to brass tacks. Yep. Let's start talking about some dragons here.
0: Let's let's get to Smow because he's a big part of the book. Like I didn't like I reread it before before we started this podcast, and I didn't I didn't mark like every instance that they bring up Smaug, but I have quite a few sticky notes in my copy of the book. I have about. Hmm, probably 20 or so. Yeah. Sticking out. And they're not, not every one of them is where they bring up Smaug, but, like, they, and they just, there's places that they talk about, like, snapdragons, like, the flower. Um, and they, like, bring up dragons a lot before they even mention Smaug. They don't even bring up Smaug's name until about 20 pages into my copy. Um...
1: See, this is a good um, usage of the less is more when describing the antagonist or the monster, kind of like Jaws. Mm-hmm. Sometimes less is more leaves your imagination to wonder, and little pieces get sprinkled in right. here and there and just builds up to the
0: Like, they bring him up so battle. much and they say, oh man, he's this terrifying dragon, but they you, they don't say... Why, beyond, he killed our people. Um, But, you, the entire time, like, they bring him up quite a bit at the beginning, and then there's this lull until they get out of the Mirkwood forest. And then, until Smaug's death, he is entirely present the entire time. So, he's present, like, you're aware that he's there, and you're kind of aware that that's what their journey is, but... They don't shove it in your face that, hey, there's a dragon at the end. Guys, there's a dragon. There's a dragon. It's going to kill us. There's a dragon. Oh my gosh. So I, I think Tolkien does that very well with this.
1: Well, the journey is just as important as the end. Yeah. I think that's the uh, one of the takeaways from this. The journey is just as important as shoving lead into a dragon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Something that I kind of realized. This is probably the third time that I've read *The Hobbit*. I've, I've read it a couple times. Um, but something that I realized on this is that I, or I've come. I thought while reading this, Smaug is the reason for the book, or the reason that that there is a story. But he's not the point of the story. Um, he's this big antagonizing force, but he, he dies like. And then there's, I don't know if I said spoiler alert, but they get the dragon, you guys. He did. He dies, and then there's still another five chapters left after his death. There's, like, a solid 40 pages of the book left, and a lot happens in those 40 pages. They have this, after he dies, everybody's like, oh, hey, the dragon's dead. And this news spreads spreads really fast. There's like a couple of days that the men of the, the, they kill him in the lake town. The dwarves had nothing to do with that. They pissed him off and he flew out of the mountain in a rage and goes to burn this lake town. They kill him. And so they're rejoicing. The news gets to the Mirkwood and the elves are like, okay, let's go get this gold. That news gets to the goblins and to the, to the wolves, which they call warves a lot, and that's more the point of the story rather than the dragon, I, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know what Joe's thoughts yeah. are on this. No,
1: I agree. He's, for how cool he is, he's a lot of just a backdrop. He's the background. Yeah. Um, it's a story about greed. Definitely. Um, a story about friendship and how that friendship grows, um, learning to trust people, trusting in people who are different than you—dwarves, mm-hmm. elves, but not goblins. Nobody trusts goblins or gross. Um
0: and, and Joe brought up greed. Um, the The movies, the movies. I don't want to yeah. talk about the movies because that'll turn into a rant, but. Y'all don't want to hear. I think I can um, read
1: the book faster than I can watch the three Hobbit definitely. movies. Definitely,
0: um, but the movies make more of a big deal out of this than the book does. Um, there is a gem in the, um, in the dwarfs treasure called the Arkenstone. and it's this beautiful gem. It's just mesmerizing. You see it, and you're like, oh my God! It's this. It's just the only thing that you that your The you're crown mind. jewel. Yeah. Um, And and like I said, the movies make a lot bigger deal out of it, which I think is one of... It's probably one of the things that the movies did right, was bringing it up at the beginning. Because this doesn't bring it up until two pages before you see it. But when Bilbo finds it in the book, he's immediately taken by it. He's like... There's all of this gold around him. He could have put coins in his pocket, or whatever, but as soon as he sees the Arpenstone, he says, the the dwarf said I could have whatever I want for my one-fourteenth share. This is what I want to take. And he knows in his mind that, like, he says, like, he knows that's not what they meant, but he puts it in his pocket anyway. So I think definitely that that is an important show of that the greed, of, that greed affects everyone. Like, Bilbo is supposed to be this pure, more pure than...
1: Yeah, hobbits are pure beings in Tolkien's works. Um, but they're also affected by things like greed. Why else does he have the ring? It's yeah, well, greed.
0: well, the greed, or the ring, sorry, the ring was just, like, on the ground, just touches it, like, oh, and he just, like, absentmindedly puts it in his pocket. Um, but, like... But he morning, knows
1: it belongs to Gollum. He,
0: once he realizes that it's... Because he, he, Gollum starts to kind of freak out that he doesn't have his birthday present. and he doesn't, Gollum never actually says that his birthday present is the ring. But Bill, it kind of clicks in Bilbo's mind. He's like, oh, I'm not giving it back to him. And you kind of... The, in the Lord of the Rings, you kind of figure out, oh, that's the ring's magic working on him. But that's part of... The greed aspect. Like, later on, Frodo in The Lord of the Rings, he gets the ring. And Bilbo sees it, and he immediately goes for it. And Frodo's like, whoa, man. Greed.
1: Yeah, no, and Smaug is the embodiment of oh, these, yeah. these feelings. Um, there's a point when Bilbo, a little tiny Bilbo, takes a little tiny cup, brings it back as yeah. proof that he found the treasure and found where the dragon is. No, and Smaug knows. He knows that one cup is gone out of this huge pile of stuff. If that is not a love of wealth and possessions, man, then I don't know what is. Um and Greedy SOB right there.
0: On that, there's a book that I found, and I haven't read a whole lot of the book, but it's called Exploring J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. It's by Corey Olson. Um... And it mentions why Smaug came to that area. Um, let me... Oh, does he
1: smell something?
0: Um, let me see. I
1: don't remember. It's been a while.
0: It, and it's I couldn't, been a while. I, and I read this like a couple days after I'd started. Um, but it says that his primary illustration of dwarvish, dwarvish craftsmanship is the most marvelous and magical toys, the like of which is not to be found in the world nowadays. And he equates, like, and he also says, the toy market of Dale was the wonder of the North. So, he, this, so Corey Olson in this paragraph is talking about why Smaug came to this area specifically, and he kind of says, he came because he wanted the toys. And I think that's kind of, goes back to the playfulness that's in The Hobbit. Um...
1: Playful Dragon eats yes. entire village of dwarves. Not my type of game.
0: Eats entire village of dwarves. But he kind of just wanted to play with the toys.
1: <laughs> and, and you
0: don't get that in, like, The Lord of the Rings. Because The Lord of the Rings, like, there's a lot more death. And there's death in this, too. But there's a lot more death. And it's a much darker book. But this, and that's some kind of a throwaway line when they talk about the the toys and stuff, like you just kind of skip over it and you're like, Oh yeah, whatever. But even the dragon has a playful side. Like when you're reading it, he's when you're he's this snakish creature that wants to just eat everything and is conniving and
1: Devours.
0: Oh yeah. Mm. Um they like I said in our defining dragons, they refer to him at, a, especially in the chapter where they meet him they refer to him as a worm and they spell it W-O-R-M which is when you typically hear of worm as far as dragons it's dip, usually W-Y-R-M and I'm not I couldn't find a reason why that was um but it makes it seem more like he's, slimy and, yeah
1: from the movie Tremors yeah big ol' nasty <laughs> gross 80s worm no he ticks off a lot of uh, a lot of my criteria for being a dragon Breathes fire reptilian he can fly most of the illustrations have him having horns loves treasure even to the detriment of his own being treasure is his being that's why he exists he lives for it instead of it lives for him and to that means he lays on it, and it gets encrusted inside of him. So it's almost as as if the treasure becomes a part of him. He needs those possessions so much that they become a part of him. It's kind of, um, kind of poetic in a sense that there's a notch missing. Spoilers: This is how he's going to die. Notch missing underneath, whereas a small hole where they. Use that as a way to shoot an arrow into the one soft right. spot
0: and like again, like we said in the defining dragons, like a lot of literature and video games and movies they talk about how their stomach is their weak spot, and that's why he lays on the lays on the gold and the treasures to cover himself with the with this stuff. There's one spot that he missed:
1: yeah, his greed could not save him. Um, poetic justice
0: in the Lord of the Rings there's like entire pages that are just one paragraph that'll like go on to the next page the same paragraph and it's again it's hard to read I don't want to I don't want to keep bringing up this point but it is hard to read I'm an English major and I can admit that Um, but this like the fact that he doesn't go into that much detail about what he looks like like he like Bilbo goes into this tunnel and it and he first brings up it was a red light steadily getting redder and redder. It's also undoubtedly hot in the tunnel. Wisps of vapor floated up and past him. And like he's just describing this heat around him. There's tomcat purring. This is like what he feels, but that's it. Like he doesn't go on and on what it
1: No, Smaug is a hipster. He's vaping.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Loving. It's a vapor lounge <laughs>
0: How did I never read this into this? What do you think? Tolkien was a hipster. What flavor do you think his vape is?
1: Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, always dwarf. Yeah, no, like you said, and like we mentioned earlier, the small sprinklings, it leads so much to the imagination. Smaug is so much more than just a dragon or just a right. character. He's just the embodiment of this nastiness. But
0: I think as far as... Like, none of... And this book, compared, compared to The Lord of the Rings, there's not a whole lot that Tolkien made up for this book. Um, the Lord of the Rings, there's a lot more obscure stuff. but this, You have goblins, you have wargs, which are wolves. You have elves, you have spiders, you have dragons. The hobbits he describes a little bit more. And you have dwarves. Well, that's it. That's stuff a lot of people are familiar with. So you don't really need to get into super-duper detail about...
1: You don't need to get out the deep lore, Silmarillion, and... Yeah. Get on the internet for 20 hours on every single wiki you can find.
0: It It's stuff that people are pretty familiar with, so...
1: My mom can read it and not be lost about who's whose mom and who's who's dad and who turned the ring of power into X Y Z X, Y, Z, right. L, M, N, O, P... Sauron did what to who to be Satan it's great
0: so I think it's I think it's an important book I think it's it's definitely influenced I think a lot of dragons I like again like we said in the defining dragons like especially the European idea of the dragon came from like Beowulf and legends like that but I think this definitely brought it into mainstream Oh yeah,
1: modern the modern idea of fantasy comes of from Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah, he has revolutionized it, brought it back into the mainstream. So did C.S. Lewis. It was mm-hmm. kind of a revival there. I'd say that's the yeah the big revival. And then the movies, the Lord of the Rings and movies, brought, brought it, it back, back again. even further. Do not think we would have Elder Scrolls games oh, if there definitely. was no Hobbit.
0: You can tell my husband, Todd Howard, got his ideas from The Hobbit.
1: Um, disclaimer, Micah's not married to Todd I'm Howard. I'm not
0: married to Todd Howard. I would I am. To be. No. <laughs> He's mine, Joe. But, like, seriously, Todd Howard?
1: If you're listening me. to this podcast, we will let you on anytime you like. Please. We'll play Skyrim with you and drink of your wisdom. Yes. All hail. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hail Lord Todd. So, uh, going back to Smaug, is there anything else that really, really strikes you, is more uh, just indicative to him instead of being kind of the um, stereotypical dragon? Mostly because he is our modern concept, I would say, of what being a dragon is. So, it's almost like Romeo and Juliet. It kind of seems overplayed and overdone but when you're the original you can kind of get away yeah. with that
0: there's the way he talks with bilbo when because like bilbo goes in and he sees smile and is asleep so he so he goes and gets the gets the cup and then. and he leaves but I think we often think of dragons as these very wise creatures, especially, especially Chinese dragons are seen as these wise creatures. Um, and he does, is very wise. Like he, like Bilbo refers to himself as the barrel rider, I think. And like, to anybody else, like that, that makes no sense. And it's just an, a one-off comment. That nobody else would get. But smiles like, oh, you guys rode b- barrels down the river to, to Lake Town, didn't you? And he doesn't actually say that, but he's smart enough to know what that means. and that. But he's also, like, listening to Bilbo and kind of getting... They're both getting drawn into each other and enchanted by each other, almost. He's it's,
1: a 007 villain. He's going on this ginormous monologue, playing with his... Praying, doing riddles.
0: They're definitely going back and forth. And, yeah. Because Bilbo gets as much in as Smaug does in this part, part. Right. But like playing with his prey, that sounds almost cat-like, and they well, said he purred.
1: Yeah, he's he does have somewhat of a cat-like depiction mm-hmm. in some of the some of the movies, um, almost furry, perhaps, but. He does have some sort of cat-like tendencies in
0: that sense. I, I definitely think... it's It's been Cunning. since the movie came out that I've seen it, but Desolation of Smaug did Smaug right. It did... I He was this big, intimidating... Um, Benedict Cumberbatch's voice was this perfect voice for Smaug. So... There's a lot that, again, I won't get into this rant, but there's a lot that I didn't like about those movies, but Smaug was, I think, one of the best parts.
1: Well, in that movie, but the third movie, oh, it started, oh, Smaug's dead, oh, let's move on. Let's not on.
0: get into the third <laughs> movie, because there's so much that I could talk about there.
1: It's like, oh, good, we got the third, bay. oh, he's dead, oh, shoot, and boner has gone.
0: Spoiler alert about me, you guys. I don't like the Hobbit trilogy because it shouldn't have been a trilogy. But anyway, Smaug, he's done very well. I. He's large and intimidating, and he's almost exactly how, if if Peter Jackson does nothing else right, it's recreating the world of the Hobbit because. The way that things look in the movie is almost exactly how Tolkien describes it in the book, the, the, down to the people and the dragons and the environment itself. It's
1: the floppy goiter on the Goblin King.
0: <laughs> Put
1: that one in your tweets. <laughs> floppy goiter.
0: Hashtag floppy goiter. Um, he does, Peter Jackson does, recreate these environments and these the looks of things very well. Um, so, if nothing else, that's worth it for that redeems the movies, I guess. Um,
1: read the book first, yeah, though. read the book let, first. Let Tolkien feed your imagination before you see what uh, right. Peter Jackson's imagination had. It's very good, I agree, it's, but let the words from the page is it's a whole oh, different yeah. whole different world.
0: He, he definitely builds things in your mind. You can, a lot of books you kind of have to be like, oh, okay, the room was blue, but what else about the room? But Tolkien, the way he describes things, so, the, again, the Lord of the Rings, sometimes it it gets bogged down with description, but...
1: Yeah, eight pages about one character's beard. Yeah, huh.
0: but the Hobbit, like, he'll describe it just enough that you can get a really good picture in your head what things look like. The dragon included.
1: So, as a dragon, not as the hobbit of the work, what would you rate Smaug out of 10?
0: I would He is really close to 10. I wouldn't give him perfect 10. But maybe like 9.95. He is really close.
1: I'd give him 9.5 horny dragons out of 10. Mm. 9.5. He did, he, he did very well. No extra credit.
0: Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have, he really, he doesn't have that large of a part. They talk about him a lot. But he comes in. Like a wrecking ball. Yeah, comes in. You see him, chapter 12, and he dies, chapter 14. He's in there for three chapters. So... It's more the myth about the dragon than the dragon itself.
1: but that just speaks to how awesome he is. Yeah, he leaves such a big impression. He leaves
0: such a big impression in these only three being chapters
1: actually physically there in three.
0: But he can't be that he can't reach the perfection of a 10 out of 10 because he is only there for three chapters. So he's amazing but not perfection. So I th- I think he's nine point nine five for me nine point five for Joe nine
1: point five horny dragons horny out dragons of ten
0: out of ten so with that um if again if you have ideas for dragons that we might have missed um we have a hu- we have a huge spreadsheet on Google dot, or Google Drive pretty nerdy um got we have a ton of ideas um we we did a deep dive on the internet to find as many as we could. But I'm sure there's some that we missed, so if you think of something, a dragon that you love, tweet at us at BYKDragons, or you can tweet at me at Micah underscore, I guess.
1: Uh, You can find me at Twitter at Joe underscore The underscore Wolf. Uh, You can find that also on our description of the podcast or our podcast details here. Uh, we'll also leave our email in there. Uh, be sure to find us at any of the places you normally get your podcasts iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Um, if there's somewhere where you want us to be, we're not, also send that on to us. We're always open to looking for more places. Uh, again, join us bi weekly, trying to pump these out as quickly as we can. We also work full time jobs and uh, kind of lazy, so yeah. we'll do what we can do.
0: Yeah. Um and like again, bi weekly we'll talk more about our horny horny dragons. Um but until next time
1: Because, because uh you know, know dragons, dragons. No, shoot, I fucked it (laughs) up.